3: To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.
4: Abdel Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and Northampton three! Yeah! Yeah! And a
3: big... Hello, I'm Charles Commons and this is It's All Cobblers to Me, your weekly dose of Northampton Town chat. Joining me this week are Danny Brothers, Chessie Coleman, and Neil Edgerton Scott. How are you guys? You alright? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let, let's not talk about the football just yet, Neil. <laughs> How are you outside of Cobblers World? Brilliant.
2: (laughs) How's Dennis treating you? Dennis Dennis
0: was a bit of a bit of a a damp squib.
2: Are you joking? Would you go storming a (laughs) storming a teacup? (laughs) Storming a
0: teacup? Yeah. Are you joking? Well, in in the the lovely Milton (laughs) Mountain. Middle England. In in Middle England, yeah. There was very little impact on me. Uh, Jeffy, I think you're, you might have found something slightly different. <laughs>
2: Much like Brexit, Neil.
0: <laughs> Good point. Well made. Yes.
1: <laughs> my, town as as may or right. may, my town may or may not sink within the next few hours, is where we're at at the moment. I'm Nicky Adams, and it's all cobblers to me.
3: So coming up, we hear from Exeter fan John on the Grecian season so far. We give our predictions for this Saturday's game, and we also reveal the winner of our listener survey raffle. That's ooh, right, Danny. Ooh, do we? We've I didn't a know raffle. that. Oh, I didn't yes. know
2: that. He sprung that on us. I mean, that's spruced that's me up. No, end that. <laughs> Danny, okay. get the Christmas bourbons out. Come on. I'm going to get the bonds <laughs> out. I'm going to get the suit on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just really down after the Walsall result but now there's a raffle I'm back in.
3: Oh good well first <laughs> up we have got that small matter of Warsaw 3 Cobblers 2 to go over. Neil I'm going to start with you well, and I'm going, start, I'm going to start <laughs> with
2: the question. I'm just going to sit back and, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I'm going to start by asking do you think there was a bit of an overreaction come the final whistle?
0: Well what do you expect? We were 2-0 up and lost 3-2. It's the fourth time this season we've been 2-0 up. I, I put a tweet. It was a ridiculous tweet, actually. But one time going 2-0 up and giving away that lead, that's unlucky, right? Two times, it's a concern. Four times, it's ridiculous. Like, Tell me there's not a problem with that. Give me an argument that that's not a problem. Anyone? Any argument? Nope. Not going to get one
2: for me. Um, No. Not at all. You're 100% right. Like, it's, yeah, it's completely, completely ridiculous, isn't it? Um, And if it was against a better team, I'd potentially let it slip, but it wasn't. It was against Walsall, who were pretty poor themselves. Uh,
0: Yeah. They're not even that great, are they? It's like, it's just. I don't know what to say anymore. It, it's that This is the point. We, we mentioned it a few weeks back, didn't we? When we said, you know, like, well, I think it was when we were discussing the style of football. And when results are good, you don't care. And it doesn't get brought up. As soon as results switch, then... Uh, and also, we said, didn't we, after the defeat to Port Vale, we, we said, didn't we, we said, well, it depends on the next two results. Get Get a couple of good results there and stuff. And it's just a very minor blip. Lose those three games and the wheels are most definitely off. And I think it's fair to say. What was that uh what was that that tweet you saw, Danny, <laughs> that sums it up perfectly? Which one? The don't what? you know pump it up? Oh, don't
2: you know pump it up the ties of going flat?
0: Yeah. Is that, that one? Yeah. yeah. I can't Which remember who you
2: put the, that out, but yeah. The
0: wheels are off, aren't they? They've gone. We've not got no wheels with the flintstones.
2: The storm just blew them off. Um, storm Dennis. They started to be pumped up a little bit, but there was a puncture. And I think the puncture was called Keith Curl Substitutions.
0: Well, What do we put it Cause, down to, though? Because I, I was thinking this, and I did, I was, like you said, Charles, I was going to go on a big rant about how frustrating the loss was and stuff. But there must be something more at play, right? Why Why is it that when we go to, look, we can't, I don't know, it's not all the time, obviously, but, you know, more often than not, we end up either drawing or losing the game. But why is that? Is it Keith Curl? Or is, what, is it? The players? Is it the fans?
3: I personally don't think you can. I, I don't know, actually. I don't think you can lay the blame at Keith Curl for that because he's not on the pitch. But there has got to be some sort of uh, issue with, I don't know, a, a mental block, maybe, that, you know, we go 2 0 up. And I mean, they often say, don't they, that, that a 2 0 scoreline is actually more dangerous than being 1 0 up. Because you you sit back, you feel like there's a cushion and maybe that's what the issue is, is that we kind of, you know, as a a unit, the players sort of go, oh, 2-0 up. We've got a nice cushion here. Even if we concede one, then we're still winning the game. And maybe there's that aspect of it.
1: I think the mentality would have, would have played a, a bit of a part on Saturday, given the conditions, which I know Neil said last week are the same for both teams. And he's 100% right. They were the same for both teams. And we both had to battle with those elements on Saturday. But I think going in at half time knowing that you're then playing against those conditions as opposed to into those conditions would have had a huge effect on their man- mentality and their confidence coming out in that second half. I think we all knew we were in for a bit of a battering the second half. I just don't think we expected it to fall apart in the way it did.
3: Absolutely brilliant. I, I'm just trying to find Jeremy Casey. I'm sure it was Jeremy Casey. Jezza. In either an article that he wrote for the Cron or a tweet, but I just, I just can't seem to actually find it, unfortunately. Um, he was talking about how, a bit like what you said, Neil, about how like when, when we're playing well and winning games, the way that we're playing sort of, you know, doesn't really matter too much. But obviously when we're then losing it, it does. But I'm sure I saw him saying that before sort of Christmas or during Christmas, we, we looked like we were playing football actually in a in a fairly decent way. We'd, we'd got a balance, I think he was saying right, where yes, we were clearing it from the back. But then once we got it up into the final third, we were playing football in the right area, um, quote unquote, but we've lost that over the last few weeks. And I'm wondering whether it is something to do with these new players that have been brought into the club. Curl has always said, hasn't he, Danny, about getting the right mentality and the right personality in with his transfers. And to be fair, up until this January, that has definitely been the case. You can, you know, you can argue to the Cows Come Home that that he's always gone for personality over maybe. Um, you know, performance level, or not performance level, what am I thinking? Ability. Um, and that's what's got this squad into the position that it is in, is because they're all of the same, you know, sort of mentality, all have the same wants and desires in terms of where they want to be footballing wise. Um, but have these new signings over January maybe thrown that into disarray a
2: bit? No, no, I don't think they have at all. From what I've seen, it's, They've come in and offered something different to what we what we've got. We've got um we've got the unfortunate incident with Ayalinka's injury, and he was doing really well before he we came off. He had a great game that that one night he's played for us. Um, Marshall, I think, has been playing in Hoskins' wing back position up until Saturday, and potentially I think you've just got to choose one of them instead of pushing Hoskins to the number 10 role, which we did, and we switched it back, and it was working quite well up until half time on Saturday. Um, but I think Marshall again, is a different option, and I think he seems to work hard and, and try and make things happen. Uh, Morton, we've obviously seen him score like three goals now, and he's looked really lively. He kind of offers us, again, something a little bit different to what we've got. Um, and there's one more, isn't there? Who's the other one? Was Lloyd that? Jones. Lloyd Jones. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lloyd Jones <coughs> potentially has upset the back three, pair, back three um, trio, um, which you could possibly say has looked. At. But again, he's looked probably stronger than Wharton's looked over the last few weeks. So, I don't particularly see it as the signings' faults that this has happened. Um, it's it just seems to have just gone off the gone off the road a little bit, is not it?
1: I really disagree with that and I don't disagree with it in terms of the reflection on the players that we brought in because I think those players are playing to a really high standard and they're playing really well. However, I think... Our squad were working at such a level, it was so consistent, it was so smooth, it was so ironed out, everyone knew exactly what they were doing and Curl continuously at the beginning of the season spoke about those roles and responsibilities within that squad and he had that nailed completely. They knew exactly what they were doing and and it looked smooth. Although it wasn't pretty football, they knew what they were doing and by bringing these players in... Although I think they're brilliant and they do a really good job at what they do, I think it it's happened too quickly and there's not been enough time to adjust to it. And we're having to almost start again because we've had different players come into the fray. And I think had it have been more gradual and done more so on substitution wise, I think we'd have had a better starting point from when they came in in January I do think though that that isn't a reflection on those individual players I just think as a unit I don't think it was the right decision to throw them all in
3: okay well let's take this one game in isolation then the other big factor that was well I'm going to ask the question was it a big factor Neil the wind do you think that had a part to play
2: no same for both teams Giles
0: yeah (laughs) ridiculous excuse i don't, I don't get you know, anyone that says oh well yeah, the conditions were bad of course they were they're bad for both teams doesn't matter that's like saying well you know it was sunny do you think that had a, <laughs> do you think that had a factor or when well, it rained well it's a factor game.
3: 35 maybe <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it's the same for either team right and you know one one half you've got the wind with you one half you've got the wind against you it's the same maybe it was a bit stronger in the second half I but no it's that's that's crap
3: well, I, the reason why I say that is because they had a bit of an argument on Radio Northampton after the game, um, while we were waiting for Keith Curl to never appear. Um, but one of the things that was said was that in the first half the wind was for us and we scored two goals, and then in the second half the wind is against us. So you know we've literally swapped ends, and the wind is still blowing in the same direction, and we've conceded three goals. So. Both teams didn't really deal with the wind that well. It's just that we dealt with it worse than Swind, uh, than Warsaw by by one single goal. Um, so
2: you can't play the I wind. Un- un- it's not. It's not just about how you deal with the wind, though, is it? It's about how you use the football. Yeah. It's not about just God. defending it. <laughs> it's about bit. how we use the football yeah, yeah. But the thing <laughs> is, we were doing it first off. We were using yeah, it and true. playing. Actually, people were impressed with how well we were passing the ball and playing differently. And we thought, oh, maybe we have got a plan B after all, because th- we were all sat there before the game saying, why has he dropped Oliver? But actually, <clears throat> Morton and Williams until he went off and then um, Warburton came on and instead of Oliver again. And it was clearly trying to play the ball on the ground and trying, trying to work through, and it looked quite impressive. But second off, it just and the wind is against us, but we do have to take responsibility and say, well, actually, let's hold on to the ball. Let's pass the ball and keep it. Um, and there's more, more of that than trying to use an excuse of, of the wind against us. We've got to use it and defend it as well.
3: So you kind of alluded to it a little bit there, Danny. You talked about Vidane Oliver being dropped. But one of the other things that I've noticed a lot of Cobblers fans on, on Twitter and Facebook and wherever else Cobblers fans might be um, is they're they're not happy with Keith Cole's substitutions. And that's not the first time that we've questioned
0: that, is it, Neil? Do you
3: think maybe it was the subs that cost us the game?
0: Uh, I'd suggest it probably had an impact on it. Yeah, Um, what was the score when when he brought Morton off? Was it two one? Two,
1: I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's just two one. Within a few and seconds, we were, I
0: think. We, we were still going for it a little bit, weren't we? And I think Morton had a couple of chances after it went two one, and I, I kind of felt it was almost a case of weird score again they probably would score again as well. But I thought we had another goal. Isn't it? But, they, but then after that, it didn't really feel like we did, did it? And it's difficult because you can kind of see his thinking a little bit, I think, by bringing Oliver on to try and make it stick up front. But it wasn't that sort of game, was it? And it was never going to be that sort of game, especially with the wind. So I, I think he has to take some of the blame. I don't think he has to take... I don't think it was a as a... As a Incredulous decision, as some people have suggested, but I think he has to take some of the blame for it. What other substitutions did he make? He brought Harriman on, didn't he? He brought Harriman
2: on for Anderson, didn't he? <coughs> and the other sub was Williams early on, but.
0: Oh, yeah, of course, and Williams.
2: It, and that straight away, that was um, before, no, that was just after they'd scored the first goal as well, wasn't it? Harriman won. Um, it's about for what Ar- it says to the rest of the team, isn't it? Yeah, for Anderson. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, Harriman's coming on for Anderson, that means he's obviously, it's a clear.
0: It's a sitting, isn't, it, right? isn't
2: it? Yeah, it's a clear negative substitution. It's a clear. Yeah, that's true. We're gonna we're gonna now hold this two one lead um, and try and be a bit adventurous, but the main objective is to defend, and that just immediately puts the mindset of the players back to to try and defend the win rather than to to like gear towards attack.
0: Yes, so let's blame Keith Cole. Agreed, Danny. Well, well explained. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those
3: of us that were listening on the radio, of course, um, Keith Cole didn't appear for his post-match uh, debrief with uh, Jake and Tim uh, and whoever else was there. Um, <laughs> Steve, until literally a minute before the end of the program, and of course the radio then had to change shows. The show was ending; um, we had to go to they had to go to Bernie Keith's Rock and Roll Heaven. Can I just say on
2: that, Charles? So yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, when we're sort of on the back of a defeat, or on the way to losing, or losing the lead. That's the announcement of Bernie Keith's Rock and Roll Heaven coming on after the thing is as annoying as the Golden Goal being announced when it's not a scoring. <laughs> if it's a home game, it really winds me up. I'm like, we're just about to lose three two, and but then, never mind. You got some Elton John coming up, so you know
0: we've well, got he's got pneumonia. Elton John, any?
2: That's a bad example, yeah. isn't it? Yeah,
0: poor mm. old Elton. Yeah, well, it
2: could be oh, the no. corona. Get well soon, Elton, if you're listening. Cool.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I put a tweet out that was saying it was absolutely ridiculous um, that we weren't going to get to hear from the manager and weren't going to basically get to hear his excuses. I know, Neil, you had uh, his, his answer ready-made for me in reply, but... I mean, one thing I will say is it wasn't a dig at the radio station at all. My point was that I believe that Keith Curl has a duty to go on that show and to, you know, answer the questions while that show is still on air. He knows full well that the show finishes at six o'clock. So he also knows full well that by going up there at six or, you know, 5.59, they're not going to have time to actually air that interview live. And it really annoys me you know that 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 he's allowed to almost get away with doing that in this day and age if you have a player or a manager in the premier league refuse to go and do their their post match or pre match press conference then they get fined by the premier league because of the fact that the you know sky are paying and bt are paying so much money to basically have that access so it really
2: really annoyed me i mean did, did anybody else feel like that I'd switched off by then, Charles.
0: I'd hoped that he'd been sacked. So I was (laughs) disappointed when when I heard he was up.
2: Didn't uh, Bernie Keith reply to you, Charles, when you put that up himself?
3: Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, you know, had a friendly chat with uh, old Bernie. Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) But the counterbalance to that argument that you've got there, Charles, equally, is that would you put Keith Kell coming out and addressing the media to to effectively address the fans over what's happened ahead of him speaking to his players and clearing up what on earth happened on the pitch. Because if I had to pick the two, I'd rather he sorted out all his players first.
3: The thing is, Chessie, is that two players came out of the dressing room to do their um, press interviews somewhere between like half five and a quarter to six. So if he if he's allowed two players that were playing in the match to come out of the change room, then obviously Curl can come out of the changing room.
1: Valid point well made. I, I don't
3: made. see you know, I, I just don't understand uh, the only the only reason that I can think that Keith Curl has decided not to come out or has not come out of that changing room till six o'clock is because he doesn't want to do the interview. Because he's a while pussy. it's gonna go out online. I, yeah, I, I genuinely believe that he, he would actually just go... He, he comes across to me, and he, and he has done, you know, constantly, when you've got any question that he doesn't want to answer, he very, he's very good at filibustering. And he will, you know, that whole thing, like when he doesn't want to talk about an injured player, he talks about not having learned Spanish to be able to talk to Nacho. <laughs> who speaks perfectly good English himself. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a, whenever he talks about, gets asked the question, you know, about, you know, a particular player as to whether he feels like, I don't know, why, why did he sub off for Dane Oliver? Well, he wasn't winning his headers. And you're like, well, we all saw that he was winning his headers, so that's not the reason you brought Oliver off either. But he's not going to give you the answer. So it's just another tactic from him to stop having to answer the questions. I know he did then obviously, you know, have an interview with Jake um, afterwards, but it it's not live. And then you've got to wait for the club to then potentially edit that video and put it out. And of course, either... Sorry. Sorry. You've then got to wait for the club to either, well, to do both, edit the video and put it out on YouTube, and also for Gareth or Matt or or Jamie to, you know, to type it up and put it on the website. But either way, you're not hearing the actual interview as it happened in full, as you would do if he turns up on time to do his recording and to do his interview.
1: You do have a very good point there, Charles.
2: It's also got I mean, to it edit that it out. It's got to edit out um, Steve Phillips as well, isn't
0: he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it didn't. It didn't bother me as much as it bothered you, Charles. I don't think. Um, yeah, it didn't it bother me
1: annoying.
0: either. But uh, I kind of like, I kind of understand it from his point of view, but it does strike me a little bit. I mean, he's always like that, though, isn't he? If we lose, he takes ages. If we win, like he's up there just as the final whistle's blown, he's straight up. Hmm running up probably, the
2: steps. Probably a lot more to say when they lose though, I, I guess.
0: I guess, yeah. But then even that, that I was thinking about that when Charles was just explaining that that situation. And I'm thinking, you know, how oft if you do it that regularly, then surely it has less of an impact. So every time you lose, you have a half an hour, forty five minute debrief in the change room or whatever and stuff. And if I was a player, I'd be like, oh, here we go again. Gosh, shut up, mm-hmm. Keith. <coughs> oh, every week at the moment, Keith, I've like, had three, like, surely, you know, once in a while, yeah, you have that sit down chat and really proper, you know, a few home truths, as he likes to say and all that sort of stuff. But every time we lose, it's like, well, come on.
2: I I, uh, yeah. I, I bet Sam Hoskins is there taking notes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you suggesting that Sam Hoskins leaves an apple in Keith Kerr's locker?
2: Oh, every Monday, Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> not <even> like apples. <laughs> Sex, Sam.
0: Um. I don't know. I. I don't know. It didn't. It, the, the interview thing didn't really bother me that because a lot of what he says is absolute rubbish anyway. It. It like it's very rare that he says anything that I'm kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense, Keith. Yeah. Um. So I, he, you know, he's. I, <laughs> I'm at the end of my tether with him, and um.
2: <laughs> We've reached that point again.
0: <laughs> we have, yeah, we've lost a few, so at the end of it's ever, but um, <laughs> I, I think it, it, if we give him a new contract, then it's going to be really, really difficult to, depending on how the rest of this season pans out. But you know, on the face of it, you know, where are we now? Ninth, is it
3: eighth? I think
0: eighth. Yeah, eighth. So you know, we're we're still, you know, we're we're sort of joint last place of the playoffs, but. I mean, I was just looking at the league table as well. We've we've lost the same amount of games as Newport County, who are in 16th. How, I
3: mean, how, how many goals? Ha, how many? Sorry, how many games have we lost now?
2: Eleven. Eleven. We've got four more to go. Four so, more to lose.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, as long as we don't lose them all together in you know and go on an eight-game <laughs> winless run, then
0: I suppose it'll be all right. I don't know. It's one of them. My point I wanted to make was that if we give him an, an, another contract, an extend his contract, then it's going to be really difficult to, to not to continue supporting him because look, we'll, we'll always support the Cobblers and you support the team on the pitch and stuff, but it's going to be really difficult, I think, to to sort of get up for next season if that makes sense.
3: Okay, we've actually got a question from uh, Cobbler Kev on Twitter. Um, Kev, Kev <laughs>
0: uh, He's
3: really looking forward, in a way, to this week's pod after last week's, we'll all be concerned with nothing from these three games, which is exactly what Neil said uh, and we all agreed with. His question is, are we now in free fall to mid-table? What do you think, Danny?
2: (laughs) I think it's important to step back a little bit and say we've been here before, probably twice this season. Um, I'd say after Scunthorpe away when we lost 3-0, after Crawley away, we lost 4-0. Um, both of those times, I think we've both we've all sat here and thought, is Carl the right man to take us forward? Uh, this feels like another one of those things at the moment. It feels like that was a complete collapse in the second half. And are we now in a position again where where we're kind of hoping that we go on another run after that? It is possible because we've seen it before the last the last two times. So I don't think we're completely in free fall. I think if we lose again next week and lose badly, then we probably will be. But I wouldn't put it past us to scrape a win against Exeter and start again.
3: Fair enough, fair enough. Right. Well, let's move on because we've got a raffle winner to announce. Oh I
2: mean this is what we've been waiting for. This will Can them.
0: can we play Splat the Rat? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Pin the um, tail on Sam Hoskins.
0: Oh, poor Sam.
2: Poor, I, I do, I do want to say poor Sam as well, because I think he's been really good this season. again. Not to go on the bandwagon again, but not that there is a bandwagon, but my sole bandwagon. But I think he's getting too much unnecessary un, um, stick. He gets a then. lot of the
0: stick. He, seem, he? he
2: seems to just, whenever we lose, it just seems to be his fault. It's I don't understand fault, why. Yeah. I don't get it. And like, Nicky Adams is doing pretty much exactly the same as he's doing from the other wing in terms of some crosses don't go in some passes go astray but it it just always seems to be his fault I don't understand why
1: also as well Keith Curl is getting an awful lot of flack and I know flack and I know what uh, Neil said is is quite valid but also as well if you'd have said to us in August before the season started you know we'd be in 8th place in February, we've had a bad run but we've pushed towards the playoffs for a good couple of months now you'd have taken that straight out and I think Keith Curl actually does deserve an awful lot of credit for stabilising the club alright let's see what he does in the next couple of months but what he has done he does need to get some serious credit for because we were just falling apart before he came in
0: I think that's fair, Jeffy. Um, I think whatever happens the rest of the season, what I'd like is—is is, you know, you say, look, thanks to Keith Cole, you, you've stabilised the footballing side of things at the club. You know, you've sorted out the squad in terms of all the big hitters and stuff. Shake his hand. Cheers for that. Uh, you're not having another contract, though. We're going to we're going we're gonna to build from here, and you're you're not the man for that.
1: I think he might be.
0: I will be amazed if he is and if he is jeffy, I will share with you my pictures of Danny I've got
2: <laughs> I think that should that should be if if that doesn't happen you'll share. <laughs>
0: <laughs> counteract that argument slightly then jeffy on what basis do you think he might be?
1: I just think that he's uh, got a foundation for the mentality and and what personalities and characters you need to get out of the league. And I think the characters that he's brought in, given the fact that the injury issues that he's had to overcome over the last couple of months, I think had we have had a fully fit squad, we'd be looking at quite a different picture at the moment. I think he's been under the cosh a little bit with injuries. Maybe luck played into it a little bit as well. I'm not saying that we were unlucky against Walsall because I don't think we were but maybe it might be that a different set of circumstances might have meant we were a bit higher up in the table. I think maybe that might be the case.
0: I'm Chris Freestone and it's all cobblers to me.
3: So at the start of the year um, uh, we put together our, our 2020 it's all cobblers to me listener survey and... Um, as part of that, to ask, or basically to try and help you and incentivize you to take part, um, we got a couple of tickets for a Cobbler's Home game of your choice to give away to anybody that filled in the survey and gave us their full name and their email address as well. So thank you very much to the 69 people. Hey! that filled in the survey um thank you very much to all of you um it's been a great help and hopefully it will help us to actually shape the podcast for the rest of this year um so we have got an important raffle now to take place so i'm just going to set the tombola going
2: so this is I'm, i'm on the edge of my seat charles
0: I've had to come out for a cigarette while this is recording because I'm so nervous
3: <laughs> So the winner of the pair of tickets to a cobbler's home game of your choice is Drum roll, please Alexander Hoggard
2: Hoggy
0: Hogmeister well done
2: Hoggy well done Hoggy, well
0: done, Hoggy. famously Hog- the brother Hog- of Hog- Matthew Hoggard
2: famously. Famously. famously does it have to be this season or can he choose next uh,
3: no it doesn't have to be this season uh, it will also include next year as well save it Hoggy <laughs> save, it for, so, save,
0: it, save it for the Tisdale revolution <laughs>
3: you never know you never know so anyway well done to Alexander Hoggard there thank you very much basically I mean I'll send you an email but um, uh, send us a tweet get in touch let us know how to send these tickets to you uh, and we'll get them to you as soon as possible so that you can go and watch a Cobblers home game of your choice I'm Chris Hargreaves, and it's all Cobblers to me. This Saturday, the Cobblers face uh, second place Exeter City at Sixfields. And before we go and talk about that between ourselves, I caught up with presenter of Exeter's The Big Bank Theory podcast, John, here he is now. Hi there, John speaking. How are you doing, John? You Okay.
4: Yeah, I'm good, Charles, thanks. You okay?
3: Yes, I'm good, thank you very much. Yeah, Storm Dennis hasn't quite ruined everything for us just yet. Uh, not, not, yet like, no. not like Walsall have at the weekend, but never mind. Um, how about you guys? You're obviously in second place. You must be buzzing.
4: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a good season. Like, I, under the Tisdale years, it was kind of always high drama. It was either complete disaster or utter ecstasy. Um, with Matt Taylor, it's been much more like, not, applaud makes it sound way worse than it is, but just a kind of steady, steady progress, I guess. So yeah, we've been we've been enjoying just a lot of one nils and um, nothing too disastrous. You know, occasionally getting thumped, but not too bad.
3: Yeah, to be fair, you've had a very, very good. Season all round, I think, haven't you? I mean, you are, as I said, second in the league. Um, yep. You've got a decent home record. You're playing well away from home as well. It's not really much to be complaining about, is there, for you guys?
4: No, and it's an interesting year. Usually, um, you know, like for loads of lower league teams, your best player kicks up an absolute storm August through to December and then you lose him in January. And this year, it's not that we've not got good players, but maybe they've not been grabbing the headlines. So we managed to have a really settled squad uh, all the way through, which has been really helpful.
3: And obviously the last time out that we faced each other uh, down at your place, you came out 3-2 winners. Personally, I yeah. think we felt that you were definitely the better side on the day and you really blew us away with the second half performance, I
4: think. We have we seem to have a kind of ability, which we haven't really had before, of if we're under the cosh, if the first half's been difficult, if we've made a few errors, we can actually... Sometimes turn it around. So this Saturday was a real example of that. Macclesfield away, we were two nil up. Looked like we were absolutely coasting. Some weird deflection meant that it was two one at half time. and They were back in it two all. Now in the old days, that no chance of coming back. We managed to get a 90th minute winner. So there's something about this lot that we just means They can turn it on a bit. I think when when needed.
3: Do you think they might be able to tell our boys how to hold on to a 2-0 lead a bit better then, please? Because that's the fourth time this season uh, at the weekend that we've committed the cardinal sin of letting a two-goal lead slip. Um, this is, I Liner. would say, the first time that we've actually lost um, the game at the end of the day. But, yeah, it, it wasn't a particularly great. So, I'll be honest and say I think Northampton fans are probably quite worried about this game on Saturday. Um how how are you guys feeling about it? Obviously, we've slipped out of the playoffs now. So, do you still think we're a threat?
4: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like we we've had a few games lined up, you know. And we're thinking, like, you know, Northampton's won the ones. We're like Northampton away. That's going to be a tricky one. Um, obviously, you've got well our old enemy Keith Curl, really. Hmm. Um, a couple of years ago when he was at Carlisle, I think we played him about felt like about nine times in two months. But it was it was playoffs and playoff semi-finals, obviously twice, but also we'd had them just before the end of the season too. So there's always a concern with Keith Curl, like what's he going to do? Um, and then, you know, it's... Sam Hoskins always seems to score against us. I don't know if that's true, but in my mind, he's always can, kind of get the goal. So yeah, we, we're definitely not thinking, oh, this is a shoe in In fact, if we get anything from the game, I think we'll be pleased.
3: So is that generally, genuinely what you're thinking? Is that actually... Y- you sound a bit pessimistic there. Maybe the... Yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean, is it, is it just 30 years of sporting Exeter City? I don't know. But I think I think we, we we're remaining cautious. Um, we had a really good run. Uh, I think until we went to Swindon, we were the only team in the top four leagues that hadn't conceded. And then since then, it's been a bit less convincing. Swindon got a couple against us. Um... There was, uh, you were, like I said, Macclesfield at, at the weekend. And just a few things like that. So I think it kind of depends which team turns out. We, we've had this keeper, Johnny Maxted, who was our second choice. And um, everyone was a bit doubtful of him. Because our first choice, Lewis Ward, had been, had a brilliant season. And he got injured in October. And everyone was like, oh, no, Maxted. And then he's been, he was incredible. And that's why we've got so many of these 1-0 wins. And then he's been injured, got injured in the warm-up at Swindon a couple of weeks ago. And since then, we're more like the player that's come back, Lewis Ward, hasn't been his kind of glorious self that he was. So I think at the minute, we're not as convinced of our solidity as we might have been, you know, a month ago, maybe even two weeks ago.
3: I mean, ha- having said that, though, John, you've, you've beaten Stevenage 2-1, you've beaten Macclesfield. Okay, those are two teams right down at the bottom fighting for their lives. You thumped Oldham 5-1. I know they're not exactly doing... <laughs> too good themselves but i mean 5-1 scoreline's gotta
4: to... yeah i guess i guess that's me wearing the old pessimistic hat like yeah i i think we've got in our minds argyle like they, having them anywhere near us is just such a nightmare they're such big rivals for us like they always claim that we're not their biggest rivals but for us we only care about Argyle. <laughs> and there's this constant because they're just around us if they'd run away with the league we'd be like fine whatever you know they always talk of being the big club and they are much bigger than us. But if, if with them around us, there's this is kind of extra jeopardy of we may not get promotion and Argyle might tip us to the post last game of the season kind of thing. So with that on the horizon, that's coming kind up of in March, uh, my attitude is like, oh, is that noise constantly going in my head like, what's going to happen? How are we going to do? But, you know, having said that, I think Matt Taylor's created this really strong defensive team. You know, centre-back himself used to even be a goalkeeper before he was a centre-back. And that's the way the team kind of sets up, like defend first, um, you know, attack well, but solid defence is the foundation for everything. So let's
3: have a look at this Saturday's game then. Are there any players that you think we should be really looking out for and and trying to stop in order to get the points?
4: We've got this lad, Randall Randall Williams, who you probably remember from last time, who um, he's got better and better. Like he came to us 18 months ago and looked kind of lightweight, to be honest, he's a winner. Uh, he plays on the right normally, but he's a left footer. Um, in the past six weeks, he's switched between left and right quite, you know, during games. And you'll see him, he's pacy, he's tricky. His crossing's not the, exactly where you want it to be yet, but if his crossing was good, we'd lose him instantly. Um, he scored with his head, he scored with his feet. So he, he's the one to watch. And I, I've no doubt that we'll struggle to hold on to him past the summer. I mean, if we don't go up, no chance. And even if we go up, I think we'll probably lose him. Um, and then we've had this lad come in, uh, Brennan Dickinson. We signed him in the window. And he's kind of too too good for us. But he was at MK Dons and never played. Tisdale bought him. And then he never got in the team and then got injured, I think. So we just picked him up. And he's kind of um, left wing back, really. And he looks excellent. Uh, I've been really impressed with what I've seen of him so far. And then we've got Nicky Jose up front. Uh, you know. Played for a lot of teams, but actually starting to find form. And thus again, he's been injured for a long time. And then the last thing I'd say, is Mickey Law has kind of always been our best player. Um, played for Bradford and teams like that. He's off injured, but his replacement is a young lad, Matt Jay, City, born and bred. And he's a really good player. You look at him and you think, he's too small to play football. He's too young to play football. But he's got very good touch. And uh, actually going forward, he's, he's a good attacking midfielder. So those will be the ones to watch, I think.
3: Uh, you, you've just worried me <laughs> by naming four players so easily, just like that. You've worried me.
4: <laughs> sorry, mate. I'm sorry. Well, of course, knowing my luck, it'll uh, they'll they'll all have terrible games or or never even make it because of the storms or something.
3: <laughs> well, I always ask for a prediction from all of our opposition fans. Uh, so, prediction as to who's going to win and a scoreline, please, mate.
4: I, I think it's going to be a draw. I think it'll be one all. I think I think you'll get. Um, the first goal, and I think we all managed to, to pull it back in to, uh, to come away with the point.
3: Thanks to John of the Big Bank Theory podcast. He's not sounding that confident for somebody that is supporting a team second in the table. Uh, that's quite surprised me, to be honest, but maybe we're all the same, us football fans. Always pessimistic to the last, eh, Neil?
0: Don't know what you mean, Charles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he sounded more nervous than he should be, I
3: think. I think so. It was weird, but it's very much like we are, where we tend to sort of turn around and say, even though we're winning loads of games, you know, left, right and centre, we still don't necessarily think we're going to win the next game that we're playing. That, 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 Generally speaking, as a Cobblers fan, that's the way I usually feel. It's like a default setting. Um, but we'll have a chat about it now. I mean, Exeter, our second in the table. I'm a bit worried. Are you, Chessie?
1: Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. I think we're in for a mauling.
3: I mean, it won't be good for you, will it, really, to be honest. You're going to, where you live, you must have some extra fans near you.
1: I'm surrounded by them all. Them, Yeovil, Bristol Rovers, Bristol City. It's a life of pain, I tell you. Um, No, but uh, I think it is going to be quite tricky. I think they are more dangerous than what they appear, which sounds a little bit strange, but I think they're actually better, possibly, than Swindon. But we just haven't seen the best of them.
3: I mean, they are equal second, aren't they? Or Sorry, equal first, Danny, aren't they?
2: They are, indeed. Uh, um, they had a pretty similar game to what we had, but they won it on Saturday. They, they were 2-0 up against Macclesfield, and then Macclesfield came back to 2-2, which we would have been raging at, but they managed to get their winner. Um, I think it was Bowman who scored quite late on, so they've actually got the job done that we wanted to do. But, um, um, yeah, they're. I think they're scoring and conceding, aren't they? They're, they're quite a good... Rates from what I remember, um, well, they got scored fifty, conceded thirty six. And did, was it was this one of our tools earlier in the season, or did I make that up? No,
1: we lost. We lost three two. Do you remember? I, I was there, you know, so. and I was r- absolutely raging after the oh, game finished. Yeah,
2: yeah, you were. Yeah. Yeah, but they always seem to be like scoring quite a few, but then conceding quite a few as well. So, um, and they've been on the edge of promotion for the last few years. Um, but I am worried about this one especially seeing um, Dean Mox's face on the uh, Exeter team page of the website, which, you know, we quite like now, scrolling through the teams.
3: We do. We do
2: indeed Uh, enjoy. Dean Mox looks like he's about to kill someone.
0: (laughs) We we had a great tweet, didn't we, about uh, our our discussion of the Walsall Photoshopping (laughs) abilities. (laughs) Uh, Shaggy tweeted us it <laughs> wasn't me it, it was him uh, <laughs> I was waiting for that A
1: star Danny A star <laughs>
0: um, and uh, he's uh, it's difficult to explain I think it's the Gloucester City youth team and they've, they've you be careful they've, they've not they've not photoshopped in the goalkeeper it looks like they've stuck a picture of him on there <laughs> from when he from when he was a child holding medals <laughs> it's ridiculous it's that bad <laughs>
2: Is it The youth development team, is it?
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's it's not. You can't even call it Photoshop. It's, it's not that. It's like when you when you were a kid and you used to make a collage of pictures of you and your mates. It looks like that's what they've done.
3: <laughs> Any anything like that on uh, Exeter's website, Danny? Uh,
2: I'm just going back to it now. Um, not that it seems quite all against the same background. So they've clearly gone in and done a good good old photo shoot before the season starts. I mean, this is. Riveting again for the listeners. Um, <laughs> I'm amazed that someone picked up from that bit of the conversation last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, um, but no, only the only things I'm picking up this week are the psychotic look in D eyes, um, and the fact that they've got Lewis Ward in goal. Um, our giant hands himself, I that think he's, he's just coming back into the team. Um, John was saying, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and uh, obviously, wind-up merchant Lee Martin, who got in that tete-a-tete with our friend Hildeberto that time. And he's he's he'll wind Charlie don't know end, so that's going to be a good battle.
0: And they've got also Jordan Dyer, who looks like he's out on loan. Also looks like a horse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he looks like a horse.
0: <laughs> he does. He looks like a horse. <laughs> to <Till> his
2: horse. <laughs> what are we looking, sorry? was that?
0: Uh, Jordan Dyer, number 37, defender.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so mean.
3: <laughs> oh, dear. Um, well, uh, one of the players that John did mention uh, was Randall Williams. Now, Chesse, you managed to see him first-hand uh, in the other fixture against Extra earlier in the season. First-round. First round, yeah. Um, Should we be worried about him, do you think, still?
1: Yeah, I think we should be cautious of all of their players, uh, no one in particular. I think generally they have a a decent squad and although we have a decent squad, we don't seem to be using it to our advantage at the moment. So I think any player that stands out as somebody that could uh, do some damage is going to do so if we're not able to to capitalise on the opportunities that we get. I think we just need to go with our guards up or, or... stay with our guards up because I know we're at home but we just need to go into it with a positive attitude and not try and play for a draw or just sit back and defend I think we really need to go all out and I think if we do manage to get a couple of goals to then go and get a third but I think that's going to be a really tall order and I think it's going to be a very difficult thing to do
3: so predictions then folks we'll start this week with Daniel Danny Brothers
0: Daniel, ooh.
2: ooh. That was a bit formal. Is it because I dressed up for that raffle? It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, we're bouncing back on Saturday. This is going to be Keith Cull, Masterstroke. And we're going to win 1-0.
3: Ooh. Mm.
2: Optimistic. Because uh, Alan McCormack's going to be back. <laughs> I'm going to say this every week, to the <laughs> end of the season now. Oh, well, for the next 20 years, probably, um, <laughs> until he actually does appear again. Um, and he's going to fire in from the top, from the top corner. That'd be something, he? <laughs> He's going to fire it into the top corner from two yards out.
3: Okay, well, I'm going to be um, Mr. Negative and Poopy Pants, I'm afraid, guys. Um, I'm going for. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> what my daughter says now whenever she's not happy.
0: Oh, I'm going to be Mr.
2: Poopy Pants. <laughs> <Yes, it's> quite <laughs> right. Welcome to It's All Playtime to Me.
3: <laughs> I'm going for a 3 0 defeat. Um, I, I, I'm oh, really quite worried about this game um, as much as. John didn't sound that confident at the end of the day. I I think Exeter are a really good side this season. I can't see them not winning promotion. I I think it's going to be, you know, the fourth league defeat on a bounce, um, the third home defeat on the bounce, and the fifth game in a row that we'll have lost in all competitions as well. Um, Yeah, and... I don't know. I just can't see us. I can't see us getting anything out of this game at all. Sorry, Chessie, what's your prediction?
1: I'm the very much the same as you. I really can't see us getting anything at all from this game, no matter how hard we try. Um, I think we are going to lose two or three nil at least.
0: Uh, Neil, save us! Uh, I will. Uh, I think we'll go two nil up. <laughs> 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 Uh, and I think we'll lose 3-2. <laughs> Unfortunately. And I think at that point, uh, nobody will ever go and watch the Cobblers ever again. And <laughs> that'll be the end of the club. Oh, right. I think that's, that's what'll happen. End of the club, end of this podcast. Yeah, end of everything. It'll be end of days.
2: No, we'll we'll, do, we'll still go on a weekly basis and just look through everyone's first team squads for an hour. <laughs> Just one a week. Just work our way through the football league.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go 3-2 Exeter. Okay. Okay. Well,
3: I suppose there's one saving grace. Um, we are recording this on Sunday night. One saving grace from this weekend's football. Ash Taylor scored a goal against Celtic. Oh,
1: bye, Ash. <clears throat> Is that a saving it's not
0: grace?
1: It's a saving grace. It's, it's just a cherry on a rubbish cake for the weekend. <laughs>
0: There is a exit, or actually, do play Tuesday night, don't they? So maybe they'll be a bit tired. It's
3: the uh, semi-final, isn't it, of the uh, the Champions League
0: trophy? Champions League trophy. They'll uh... be
1: buzzing, especially if they win it.
2: Is it the are they playing, area semi-final balls? or mm. the just the area semi-final or the actual semi-final? Uh,
3: according to Google, it just says semi-final, so I, I'm not 100
0: percent sure. I'm afraid. Danny.
1: Not even Google knows. Mm.
0: To be honest, Danny, we thought you'd have you'd have known. What is it's your favourite competition? It is your competition? I've lost interest in it.
2: Speak. <gasps> the world <laughs> is ending.
1: Speaking of competitions, <laughs> isn't it going to be brilliant when we see Chris Wilder uh, boss the Champions League next year?
3: Yes, it, we're, it will, won't it? <laughs> especially, uh, especially if um, it is simply because of the fact that uh, City are banned. That that will be hilarious to see, <laughs> Alan Alan nil. Free kick routines against Barcelona.
1: Oh, a sight to behold! Did you, uh,
0: <laughs> did you see that picture of Alan?
1: Yeah, yes, I saw that. Everybody <laughs> saw it.
0: What a photo! <laughs> what a photo!
2: Isn't <laughs>
1: <laughs> the man is a genius?
2: Loving it. He's having a lovely old time. Where <laughs> are they? Where are they? Where have they gone? On there, jolly up.
0: Uh, Dubai, I'm know. assuming, but... somewhere where. Was it? What was it? Was it? What bird was it? It was some. Was it an? Some, wasn't an owl. Some was sort it? of bird
2: of prey, wasn't it? it? Was
0: a bird of prey. Yeah, <laughs> it was a eagle. It was a bald eagle. <laughs> it was Jim Smith, the ex derby <laughs> manager, the bald eagle.
1: The bird looks terrified.
2: What you didn't see on the other side of the picture is he's got another. He's got a load of um, starlings just lined up in a formation, ready for a free kick. <laughs>
0: I reckon Alan 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 Neil would make a fantastic snake charmer. He's
1: like <laughs> Doctor Doolittle, isn't he? Yeah, he'd
0: <laughs> be brilliant, wouldn't he? Or or a uh, a shepherd.
2: Oh,
1: he'd make, he'd a, make great a great he'd shepherd, make a, yeah.
2: Amazing shepherd, yeah. He'd
0: make a great shepherd.
1: He'd make a great anything, let's be honest. He's just He's, a genius.
0: I was gonna say, I don't think there's anything Alan Neal couldn't do.
3: You're you're probably right there, to be honest. Right, well, that's it for this week's It's All Cobblers To Me. Thank you very much for joining us again. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and, and let all your friends know that we are here every single week in your podcast feeds. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you can on iTunes or Podchaser. Don't forget the Patreon is there as well, patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me if you want to support the podcast. Um, doing lots of stuff that I'm planning for pre-season. So while there's no football to talk of, hopefully we're still going to bring you podcasts, but I'm only really going to be able to do that if we've got some kind of support, which would be lovely. Thank you very much, as usual, to anybody that has already done so or has listened to the podcast. Special mention to Giles Lawrence for being our
0: $10 Patreon. Thank you very much, Giles. On that note, Giles had a stinker of a day on Saturday, didn't oh, he? Oh, did, yeah. Yeah, he's had a right old ding dong journey getting back from Walsall. He, got,
2: he seemed to get an all sort, all kinds of transport, didn't he, getting back from Walsall?
0: Yeah, I think at one point he was on a penny farthing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Alan Neal, that's another thing Alan Neal could do
0: splendidly. He ride a could penny farthing. Pe- I could see nearly on a penny farthing <laughs> without question.
3: Brilliant. Right, well, thank you very much for listening on that note. We'll be back this time next week. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.